Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Court Case Podcast with me, your host, James Court. We've got a jam-packed special show today. It's our first virtual show in lockdown and we're going to be joined by a very special guest all the way from San Francisco. We're going to be talking about her relationship and sex advice podcast. We're going to be discussing polyamorous relationships, life in the US versus the UK, as well as a lot of other juicy bits. And all of that is coming up right after this. Today's episode is sponsored by LEB Illustrates. Now, she runs an Etsy shop that sells graphic design, prints, mugs, stickers, greeting cards, all sort of things that you would like like that. And if you'd like to support a small business that has some really great artwork, head on over to LEB Illustrates on Etsy. If you use the coupon code CORPCASE and you get 10% off every order from now all the way through to the end of February. So if you go over to LEB Illustrates, use the coupon code CORPCASE and help support a small business and you'll really be making a difference. That's LEB Illustrates. Check it out, guys. Hello, happy Friday, everybody. Um, I'm joined by my usual co-host, Sweet Tea. Hiya. And we've got a very special guest today. Sarah from the Regardless of Reputation podcast is here all the way from San Francisco. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great to have you on the show. This is our first like across seas collaboration with someone. So it's so cool. Oh, is it really? I feel so honored. Thank you. Hopefully, and to be honest, it's a from reading up on your podcast it is something that like our show is really interested in, and I'm really excited to talk about stuff today. Yeah, Every- I've, I've been buzzed. I am so excited. Yeah, everyone on our show loves like juicy relationshipy stuff. You are That's what we're here for. Yeah, right up <laughs> yeah. our alley, which is perfect. To start to chat a little bit about you and your podcast, like when did you when did you start doing this one? Yeah, so basically I thought of the idea for Regardless of Reputation a few months ago, but I'm also currently writing a poetry book and so I just was super overwhelmed. Like I cannot start a podcast right now while I'm also trying to finish this book and so I thought of the idea and the title and everything. And then I published my intro last week and then my first official episode goes live tomorrow. And so basically what Regardless of Reputation is, is 
a podcast where I talk to a bunch of different people about their relationships in their life. And it's about dating and familial relationships, platonic relationships, just any sort of connection to other people. And I started it because I wanted to learn about people who have a different lifestyle than me and also have conversations that are maybe hard to have. Relationships are really hard and people don't always have support systems around them to have those hard conversations. So I just wanted to start talking about the things that a lot of people don't talk about. That's great. Yeah, no, that's that's beautiful. And that's like, I can't wait. So if the first episode's out tomorrow, that's perfect. I mean, this goes out on Friday, so it will already be out when this podcast is so everyone will be able to check it out it's gonna be is it just spotify or have you got other platforms it's on yeah it's available on apple podcast spotify uh pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts you should be able to find it so you can definitely give it a listen i will definitely be listening i listened to um your intro episode this morning and i loved it it's oh, so good thank you oh, thank you so okay. much yeah i'm so excited perfect what are you um do you have like any future goals for the podcast uh for people to listen to it that would be the first one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> But, you know, I I do. I have some guests that I would love to have on once I have more of a listener base and everything that I just really admire and look up to in the space. And also, I just want it to be a community where people feel comfortable to be on the podcast and listen to it and just start having conversations in their own life that they aren't having now or are scared to have. Um, that's basically my my main thing from it is I just want it to be both a fun place and an educational place for people to learn more than they know right now. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. I, I completely, I feel the same about my podcast. What I find that's really good about podcasts is they feel uh, much more than radio. They just feel so casual and you do feel like you're yes. sat down with someone having a conversation. So I love that. Yeah. And it's just really, it just makes you feel home, doesn't it? So, which is, which is perfect. But um, what would you say? Cause you filmed a lot of uh, podcasts in advance, haven't you? Yeah, I already have like 10 episodes recorded. So I have, yeah, I have quite a few recorded and uh, most of them are all with guests. And then I have two episodes that are by myself that just kind of talk about like my story and dating experiences that I've had or relationships that I've had in the past and what I learned from them and things like that. So uh, I definitely have quite a few different topics covered and we have a lot of interesting really beneficial conversations so i'm super excited about that and you already know that i'm a huge fan of your guys's podcast i love it and i've listened to a bunch of episodes so it's so fun (laughs) thank you amazing you're a lot more planned out than we are (laughs) to be honest well kind of by default though just because i wasn't ready to launch and so i still wanted to be proactive but it Mm. it wasn't because i was you know super on top of it it was because i was overwhelmed with other things yeah no i got you yeah no absolutely what does the what does the name regardless of reputation what does that mean yeah it basically when i started thinking about all the conversations that i wanted to have they were kind of topics that a lot of people already have predetermined ideas about they kind of have a reputation you know and so I wanted to have these conversations regardless of reputation and then I said that to a friend when I was talking about the podcast and I was like oh I kind of love that and it's catchy and uh so it just stands for what I want it to be and I want it to be a place where people can have those conversations so yeah I think it's a cool name. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I mean, James, with you, your podcast name worked out perfectly because your last name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 
that's perfect solid branding (laughs) yeah it is um and i'm curious uh i'm sure you guys have probably talked about it on an episode that i maybe haven't heard Mm -hmm. but um how did your podcast come to be like what was the build up to releasing your podcast well i've done a few i've done a few radio um I've worked in radio a few uh, quite a while. I did uh, student radio when I was at university, and um, mm-hmm. then I went on to get some um, work experience at a, a popular radio station in the UK called Capital FM, um, which then led to me being a, a covering producer there for a, a very short while because um, the nature of radio is changing a lot in the UK at the moment. A lot less people listen to it. Um, it's getting mm-hmm. very commercial, and because England, obviously, compared to America, is such a small landmass that mm-hmm. you can have like one station that covers such a large area of the UK. So what happened oh, was um, Ofcom, the play, uh, the company that runs a lot of the radio stations, just started shutting down local radio stations across the UK. And the one that I worked at, which was Capital FM in Brighton, which I, I have you heard of Brighton? It's quite a popular. <laughs> I have, yeah. I've I've been to London before, but Mm. I haven't been to Brighton specifically. Okay, yeah. Brighton's a huge music scene, like, Mm. city in the UK. But um, I was working at Capital FM there, and that one got shut down. So I lost Mm. my job, which is annoying, because I was only working there for about six months, doing my dream job, and then I lost it. So um, (laughs) then it was back to the the drawing board for me, and I tried, like, um, Twitch streaming for a bit, but then I was just like, I really just like radio and um, that talk type of format and so i thought if i did a my own podcast i can just make it my own i can do my own thing talk about what i want and stuff and uh that's how that's how it came to be and then i got my girlfriend sweet tea involved and um i was i was originally gonna do it where it was um a different guest every week but um Mm -hmm. i started with sweet tea and everyone just kept commenting about how great she was on it and that our chemistry well was. i mean they were right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um she stayed on it as a co-host and we just get guests in every now and then now yeah if it wasn't for james oh. i would never be doing podcasting in my life it was never my plan i it's, <laughs> it's just crazy how it's taken off so well yeah yeah that's fantastic so that is james that's so cool that you got those experiences and plus mm. now leading up to that you have so much more experience than I'm sure 99% of people doing their own podcasts I am a little bit jealous that you have all that experience <laughs> I'm like flying blind but oh. it's, it's that's fantastic and then sweet tea what did you what do you do what did you do um we met at a cinema which is like his part-time job before he got into podcasting and Mm -hmm. um, I've literally worked there since like I could get a job so like 16. Oh cool. Um, And I want to be an air hostess but obviously with like Covid this year I couldn't get into that or anything like that but Uh I went to college and I did travel and tourism because that's I'm interested in travel and tourism and hospitality and stuff like that so my main goal now would like for next year is like well this year actually I forgot it's 2021 already but I know it's um, crazy (laughs) but it's to do like hotel work and be like a receptionist or maybe like own my own hotel that'll be cool that's so fun okay I love hearing that because I actually I love travel and Mm. I apply so air hostess is that the same as a flight attendant yeah yes yeah 
<laughs> um, I actually, that's so funny because I applied to be a flight attendant right in March and then right like when COVID happened. And so I obviously like all the airlines were not hiring and stuff oh like that, God. but travel is a huge part of my life. I was supposed to move to Ireland for a year uh, last year and Ooh. then COVID happened. And so obviously I'm in California yeah. still, mm. but uh, that's so cool. And I love that. So I'm really yeah. excited for you. Thanks. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, and I know I had said before that I've actually been to London, so yeah. that's super fun. And I know James, you've been to the US before, right? Have you sweet tea? I've been to New York. Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I went with school, so it wasn't like the best trip and the best sightseeing of New York ever. But like <laughs> in general, it's an amazing place. Yeah, it really everyone talks about like the energy in New York. And it's so true. Like when you're yeah. there, it just feels different than other cities. It's 100%. a really special place. Yeah. Mm. And James, you've been to Florida and a couple of other states, right? Yeah, I've been to a few. I've been to Florida a few times. And um, I've been to California in 2015. And I've been to Nevada and Arizona when I went to Las Vegas. And I think that's it. I think that's all of the ones that I've been to. But I love that's America. so fun, though yeah yeah do you what's what is your favorite thing about america that's different than home just from it's just because like it's why i want to explore more of america is because america is so huge and it's like oh it's massive there's so many (laughs) different yeah there's so many different cultures and ways of life and different living all across america like well i I, even from the states that i've been to like the way people live in florida is so different than like california and stuff Mm -hmm. and i just want to i just want to experience it all to be fair yeah yeah interesting Mm. it really is and i've actually um been to 46 out of the 50 states so i love to travel yeah that's sick (laughs) what's your favorite Uh, state oh my gosh that's so hard to choose really (laughs) like like james was saying it really is so different and I love going to like the different national parks and stuff that are in the states because I think that that's one of the most amazing things that the U.S. has to offer is the natural beauty and natural national parks and everything is just unbelievable. Uh, I have to say I do really really love um, some of the states like Colorado and Utah. They just are so naturally gorgeous and if you like outdoor hiking and biking and things like that it's a really really cool place to be uh i'm a little biased towards california because i was born and raised here and we have everything we have snow we have mountains we have beaches we have literally everything um but it's so hard to choose i also love the east coast and it feels like a different place than being home so yeah i honestly know that that answer didn't help you at all but (laughs) (laughs) so hard to choose and hawaii is gorgeous but i think that it's also you know really touristy at this point and i think that other like tropical places like belize and mexico are maybe a little bit like out better yeah 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 <laughs> so you know but it's so fun and i actually um backpacked europe for a couple of months after college and so i spent a little bit of time in london before i went to spain and i absolutely loved it yeah, yeah. you got <laughs> i did you got to come back it felt, i know well okay so i actually <laughs> Sore subject. I have a flight booked for May that was booked like six months ago when I thought the world was going to be better by then. (laughs) And now I'm just, the closer it gets, the more I'm like, this is so sad because I'm supposed to go back to London in May and then go to like Germany and the Netherlands and stuff. And obviously that's not happening now because 
it's not at a place where I thought it would be, but I had really high hopes a few months ago that it was going to be, but <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, if you ever end up there, we'll definitely come up and meet you. Yeah. That would be so fun. I would absolutely love that. And I around. definitely will be back. It just will not be in May. <laughs> go, for, yeah. go for some drinks. Yeah, amazing. that would be so that would be so fun. Um, but yeah, so I definitely will keep you guys posted on my future travel plans since <laughs> yeah, May will that. clearly not be happening. Please do. <laughs> I absolutely will. I want to uh, I want to get on to next. I want to talk about like differences between UK and the US. I want to discuss yes. that. We've got some questions and we're going to get to that just after this. Okay, so the UK and the US, both in a global pandemic, but completely different countries and stuff. And like, I've not sat down with an American person in a long time. And uh, yeah. I just wanted to see like how much you knew about the UK. What like we have some questions about the US as well that we want answered. So um, we'd just love to chat about that. For a yeah, bit. let's do it. I'm excited. Uh, I probably will not know many of the answers for the UK, but I will try my best. <laughs> Here's one, here's a big one, that you guys have gun control, obviously, in America and stuff, which is something we don't have. So I was wondering, do you have a gun? What's your experience with guns? <laughs> like, what's that like? This is such a typical foreigner question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every When I travel, everyone's like, so do you have a gun? I'm like, no. <laughs> but... But with that being said, like, I personally do not have a firearm registered right. to myself or own a firearm, but I do know how to shoot them. Grew up shooting them. My grandparents had a ranch. And so I grew up shooting guns and everything like my oh, wow. uncles. Yeah. My uncles um, both own like ranches. And so they do. And uh, it's very normal for people to have them, but yeah. it's more in like less so in cities and more so when you live kind of in a bit more of the like country um but you know also i dated somebody for almost like three and a half years pretty much all of college that was in the military and so mm. it you know he had guns and stuff like that because as part Except of his job that's okay. yeah it was just yeah. what it is so it's super interesting though talking to people from other countries about it because it's very normal here but also, it's such a touchy subject for some people, but to me, yeah. I like grew up around it and feel very comfortable and safe handling them because I know the proper procedures mm. to do that. So, yeah. um, it's I'm like super indifferent about it. Obviously, not indifferent about terrible things happening with guns, but terrible things are going to happen no matter yeah. what. What, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. What, <laughs> what about like you guys there? It's pretty hard to own a gun, right? Well. In the UK, it's quite um is definitely a case that barely anyone has guns. But like you said, in the country, you do have a lot. You get more people that own them. We I <laughs> we live sort of. I definitely live in the country. You um T lives in sort of like a seaside town. But um, okay, I know people down my road that are like farmers that have definitely got guns, and my granddad's got a rifle which I've used mm -hmm. a few times. But it is it is a lot it's a lot rarer. But um, mm -hmm. see, I was under I, it might be like a media thing, but see, I was under the impression with America there was like everyone in the city had a gun, and like <laughs> that was it. Do you think that it's really overblown, like in the media? Do you think? Uh, I I 
think so personally but also with that being said there is other states like on the east coast and things like that where you can have open carry permits so people will just have a gun like on their holster on their hip and so you could just walk into starbucks and someone has a gun on their hip uh it's not like that in california i mean california is much more restrictive uh new york you pretty much nobody has like a concealed carry permit or anything like that um so basically like an open carry carry permit is when you can have it on your hip and then a concealed carry permit is when you can have it in your purse or something like that uh, and and not show it but you have to apply for those and you have to show that you know the gun safety there's background checks there's all these precautions that are taken uh there's some states that are less so like that but there's still tons of precautions that are taken but there is some places where you can just it's called like cash and carry and you can go in and buy a gun and walk out with it the same day but most time there's like a cool down period they call it uh where you have to wait two weeks to pick up the firearm so you can't just like go buy a gun in a blind rage and um (laughs) have it right then like you have to wait (laughs) so yeah it's it's really interesting but there is a lot of precautions that are taken in most places and so i think that other countries just have this idea that every single american walks around with a gun all the time yeah. which is so false <laughs> you know <Yeah>. it's <laughs> it's very false and i feel like i have had more experience with firearms than many americans just because growing up with my family owning ranches and things like that and and being around it and being taught it and then dating somebody in the military who you know obviously that was a part of their job so i feel like I even have more experience with it than most people, and I don't own a gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's... Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's really interesting, though. Yeah. I did think it was a bit overblown in the media, to be fair, because they do like to pun it out as like, this big scary thing that happens in, in America. But, you know... Yeah, I mean, also, like, the last thing I'll say about it, we do have more gun violence than a lot of other countries, like, by far, mm. uh, which is really unfortunate. And it's hard because it's you know with more regulations at the end of the day there's still going to be gun violence no matter where you are no matter how many restrictions so it's really hard because you know how do you prevent like terrible things from happening i i don't know the answer to that but yeah um yeah so would you prefer it be like the uk where like no one has a gun or like the us where it's all through the law gun control well so the right to bear arms is in our constitution yeah. so if it got taken away it would be taking away a constitutional right and so uh i actually studied political science in college and so uh i feel like everybody should have the right to bear yeah. arms because it's in our constitution and to change something in the constitution is a huge 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 deal and so yeah. i think if somebody wants to and they're responsible and eligible then it's literally their right as an American citizen. But if they are ineligible or do not pass the uh, the qualifications or the background checks or anything like that, then no, they absolutely should not be able to have one. So Fair that's enough. just my personal opinion. And by no means is that the right opinion. That's just how I think about it. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I completely get get what you mean there. What um what are your thoughts on like what's happening at the because there's a big thing uh obviously in America at the moment the whole storming of the Capitol building and they tried to do that coup mm-hmm. and everything and obviously it's not we see it all in the news but it's not affecting us that much here. 
How how yeah. what's it been like in America since that's happened? Well, the lead up to that, mm. I mean, there's clearly, you know, you guys have seen and we've everybody has seen that there's been so much unrest in the US in the past few months, especially, but it's been a long build up to it and everybody is so divided with the election that just happened and with everything that's just going on here. And, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into my own opinion because I also, I feel like there's so many people that have so much more knowledge than me on the topic, but I will just say that, that the division is very evident no matter where you look here. And it's honestly so sad because at the end of the day, we're all people who all want to love and be loved and have you know our family and friends all be okay and be you know uh, under the same roof and it's really sad because it's did you guys ever read uncle tom's cabin did you ever have to read that in school probably not because it's a u.s uh, written about like but it's this book that's basically written about the civil war and there's like two brothers that Okay, I haven't read this book in a while, and so if I get <laughs> details wrong, no one come for me. But <laughs> but the main basis of the book is like that these two brothers are fighting for opposite sides of um like ones um in the Union troops and ones like in the Confederate troops, and they like it like divides their family because they don't believe in the same thing. And I just feel like that's just how America feels right now. Like what? it just yeah. like Hatfields it, and McCoys. Okay, so. Funny story about the Hatfields and McCoys. This is totally off topic, but yeah. my fam- my family is the McCoys. My mom's maiden name is McCoy. Like, our... <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That is so sick. I I I, that, I find that stuff so interesting. That is so cool. What like have you traced yeah. your family tree back? Yeah, it kind of. Um, I yes, I have more than some people have, but. I actually wrote my, uh, like one of my senior papers on the Hatfields and McCoys because yeah. that's my family. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously it was a long time ago and like, yeah. we have no personal like <laughs> connection to any of that, but we actually like would have a family reunion. We used to like the last one was like five or six years ago, had family reunions with the McCoys and like any Hatfields that like we could find that were invited i mean to us now like it's just it's yeah. the same as it is to you guys reading it you know it's just yeah. something that happened in history and it's a story but yeah we all have like uh these wooden signs that say the real mccoys and stuff that's so that's such a cool claim to fame i don't think you know what we're talking about sweet tea the hatfields and McCoys I don't, uh... is a is a f- around sort of started around civil war times didn't it it's a famous feuding families that literally were just at each other's throats like man uh, yeah mm. and they say that like it all started yeah well i mean a lot of people got killed and were killed so it's well, you know yeah, it's not that cool but i mean the fact <laughs> that you can say that you're a mccoy is quite cool yeah 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 it's like i mean it's my mom's main name so like all my uncles and my um grandparents and stuff like their last name is all mccoy so yeah it's yeah. pretty crazy and then they had a show on the history channel the hatfields and mccoys that's how i learned about it i watched the hatfields and mccoys oh, history okay channel. yeah it, it's super interesting i mean I'm not like personally like super, you know, super connected to them. I'm not like a direct descendant of anyone that yeah. was a part of it, but it was like my my family. So that's, that's pretty so wild. Mad. That's mad. That's a, yeah, it is. It's crazy. That's a cool claim <laughs> to fame, that. 
That's, yeah. that's awesome. And that wasn't even planned. Like, we didn't plan on talking no. about that. <laughs> yeah. It just happened. I saw it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're our witness. Yeah, but, uh, so. but no, going back, what um, like what jobs have you had so far? Gonna yeah. <laughs> anything interesting? Uh, I think so. But uh, during college, I worked at a craft store for five years, and it was the best experience ever. I was a manager there, and that was super fun. I absolutely loved that, and it was a great experience. I love everything creative, so it was really fun getting to do that. And then after college, I booked a one-way ticket to Europe and backpacked for a while and then uh, I came back and now I work in social media management so I do like content creation and curation Uh, yeah so which that's super fun I work for a couple of local companies I work for a real real estate agent and then also for a vegan sweets company and so I do all their social media and digital media and stuff like that do advertising and marketing and I really love that and then I also do freelance photography so I do like some wedding photography, couples, uh, portraits, family so photography, everything like that. that. You keep yourself very busy. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do. And then, like I said, I'm also writing a poetry book and just launched the podcast. So yeah. I have, yeah, definitely kept myself busy during quarantine in the past year and stuff. So it's been I good, though. That. That's not Thank we- you. wearing many hats is what that is. Yeah. Anything creative, I love. Like, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> Did you have any other questions about uh, being an American besides owning guns and all hating each other? <laughs> um, oh, God, when she says it like that, that's not good. We need to think of some nice <laughs> Well, okay, here's a nicer one. Cause okay, okay. How many times have you been to Disney? Oh, a lot. A lot. But also, I, but I'm from California, so for yeah. me, it's only, you know... Well, I'm gonna say only eight hours away. Like people in the <laughs> people in Europe can travel through countries eight hours away. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I played competitive soccer growing up, and we had a soccer tournament that was right near Disneyland every year, and so we would go after our tournament every year. So oh, I've wow. been quite a few times. Because uh, um, it's great. <laughs> my like, I my guilty pleasure is I'm I'm a huge Disney like fan, particularly the parks. Like, I don't know if you can see, okay. but my room is Disney Park themed and I've got pictures oh, I love that. of like, there's Pirates of the Caribbean and Splash Mountain. Oh, so fun. And like pictures of the uh, artwork of the rides and stuff. I love it. Like, oh, that's so fun. Disney nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, what's both your guys' favorite Disney movies? You're not, see, I've gotten you into it. You're not as much of a fan as I am. No, I prefer Disney Pixar. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I'll yeah. take that. What's your favorite Pixar movie then? Well, I love Soul. I don't know if you've seen Soul yet. No, I haven't. I really want to though. It's yeah, I love stunning. that. Stunning. It's a stunning uh, movie. Another favorite um, would obviously be Toy Story, and then Inside Out. Mm. Oh, Inside Out is so cute. Inside I love that nice. one too. And Toy Story is a classic. Who doesn't yeah, love exactly. it? You it's amazing. You can't not say that one. <laughs> My um <laughs> my favorite Disney's are either I quite like the sort of niche 90s renaissance ones. I really like Hercules, but I think my favorite I really like Treasure Planet if you've seen that. I don't think I have. Treasure... Hercules I have, but Her- Hercules is great, but Treasure Planet go- went so under the radar. It's really underrated, but it's a fantastic film. Is it on Disney Plus? Yeah. They're, I mean their whole catalogs on Disney Plus, I'm pretty sure. But um... Okay, I don't have Disney Plus, so I don't know, but oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, definitely on Disney Plus. 
Mm. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I think that my favorite, I just have to go classic. I think Peter Pan's my favorite Disney movie. Yeah, that's oh, a good one. I haven't seen that I love in years. I did used to love that as a kid, though. Mm. Yeah, me too. And also, did you guys ever see the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven? I think it was put out by Disney. Yeah, I, I, it's I been so it. long since I've seen it, but that's <sighs> one of those like TV movie ones that you just see pop up every now and then. All Dogs yeah, Go to Heaven. Yeah, okay. Right? Sweet to you, said you've never seen it. <laughs> no, I haven't. You need to. Yeah. Like, bring your box of tissues. I'll put it on my and... watch list. Yeah. Okay, it's really sad. I remember, I, I haven't seen it in years, but when I was little, I used to watch it on repeat, and I would sit there and cry, and my mom literally took it away and hid it from me, and I've never seen it since, because she was like, <laughs> this is not healthy. You cannot sit here and watch All Dogs Go to Heaven on repeat with a box of tissues. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. So Do you funny. know what, Yeah. <laughs> Watching a good movie that makes you cry is like one of the best things. I was starting early, you know, I was preparing for yeah. later yeah. in life. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good. You should watch it. Um, you have any pets yourself? I do. My sister has a, my sister is a vet tech and she has a tendency to bring home straight animals all the time. Cool. Uh, so we have a couple of rescue dogs and some cats and um, that, that we also have chickens uh oh, cool that's i think it. that's everything at the moment yeah what <laughs> what about you guys um i at the moment no we did have a dog but we don't anymore and uh i've been begging my mum to get another oh. one but we just haven't got around to it yet you've got a lovely dog haven't you sweet tea yeah i've got a german shepherd called saber oh cute we had a german shepherd his name was reno oh so cute that is such a cool name so that is a really cool name yeah, he was a uh, rescue, and he was named something else, and we were like, eh, we don't love that, <laughs> and so <laughs> we changed it to Reno. But yeah, he was he was a really cool dog. Oh. Um, yeah, but that's that's it. Uh, do you guys have any other questions for an American? <laughs> we want to ask you some questions about the UK and see how much you know. Oh right? yeah, okay, let's do it. So we know that obviously you've been to the UK. Uh, once mm-hmm. uh, you've been to London so mm-hmm. the first thing I would ask is there anything that you're jealous of that we got in the UK that you don't have in the US you mean besides your accents does that count <laughs> that, to be fair that's a good that's a thing whenever I've been on a trip to America all of the people go mad for the British accent they go mental yeah Oh, yeah. Well, it was so funny because when I was in London, I was lost and it was raining and I like had my suitcase and I saw a police officer and I like stopped and asked the officer. I was like, I'm so lost. Can you give me directions? And he was like, wow, I love your accent. And I was like, me? I have an accent? This is the coolest thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I've just like been living off that high for like two years. It's been great. This is a thing that I don't think I have an accent, but you just said that we we do. And you have such a like a strong American accent that you wouldn't think that you do. Yeah. Really? Well, going off that, do you think that people from different parts of America have very strong accents based on where they live? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 100%. you could tell what state someone's from just by their accent. Okay, I was just going to ask you that. So I was going to say, if you didn't know that I lived in California, would you say that I was from the West Coast? Yes. Yeah. yeah judging from you, definitely have a Californian accent. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's so funny because, I mean, even sometimes, like when I travel to the West Coast, people 
have accents. I mean, Boston has a super strong accent. Yeah, uh, people from Texas have a strong accent. Boston is super strong. Yeah. Um, but Ma- that's Mark really Wahlberg. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mark Wahlberg. Um, that's fun. So, okay. Besides your guys' accents, I mean, I'm just jealous of all the history that you guys have and the really amazing buildings and mm. things like that. Because I studied, I was a history major and a double minor in political science and philosophy. And so I absolutely love history. And the United States is not very old, just yeah. as a historical modern. standpoint. Mm. Yeah. And so you guys just have an incredible amount of history and um i'm really jealous of that <laughs> yeah like you guys don't have castles do you no whereas we got we got quite a few dotted around and they're pretty damn cool you know? yeah see i'm definitely very jealous of that uh and also in california since we have such strong earthquakes we don't really have stone buildings yeah um yeah. so that's another big difference also mm. oh yeah of course because i mean all of our houses are made out of like brick and stuff here in the uk it's all like yeah, I strong. love that. We don't have that at all here. You won't really. You'll see some houses that have brick like on the front of them, but mm. they're not made out of brick. It's because an illusion. They're like, yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I personally think that American houses look nicer. Well, do you? Yeah. I always assumed because they're not made out of stone and brick, it's slightly cheaper, so you can make them bigger. I have no idea about. <laughs> building costs of houses but that does um, make sense james it might be the case yeah yeah i i have no idea um but that's another thing i feel like in the u.s everything is just so big and i feel like that's also something that everyone else thinks about us too yeah absolutely Mm. even like food portions and houses and everything <laughs> oh god yeah yeah the yeah the portions are so much more big in america i remember when i, I went to new york and my mcdonald's portion was like absolutely ridiculous in comparison to like a uk <laughs> portion i was like i was so full i i overordered because i just didn't expect it <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely something that people have said. It's just like everything is bigger here, no matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. Here's um, here's another question that I want to ask you: Have you had yeah. or do you know what a full English breakfast is? Isn't it gross? Isn't it something with <gasps> gross? Oh my god! Isn't it well? Isn't it something like okay? <laughs> no no you don't (laughs) that's mad to me because like that's like in england that's thought of as like the best breakfast ever in the world like you could ever have and just the fact that you guys don't have that is just it's just sad to me it makes me sad okay it's basically like it's literally our like hangover cure yeah it's (laughs) what a full english breakfast is is it's beans sausages bacon fried eggs hash browns um tomato tomatoes sometimes mushrooms all on a nice beautiful plate together and it's oh okay see this isn't even what i thought it was i thought it was like liver or something isn't (laughs) no you can get black the thing called black pudding pudding. okay that's what i'm thinking of that's what i'm thinking yeah, but okay. you do put black pudding <laughs> yeah, on a full nobody, English, well, but it is gross. Okay. I was about to say nobody likes it, but there's a lot of people that do like it. I just can't stand it. Yeah, your dad Okay, that's it, what huh? I was thinking about. Everything else sounds good, but yeah. no, we we <laughs> we um don't really do that. But 
Yeah, because I when I went to New York, I just keep on saying when I went to New York because it's literally the only place I went. But <laughs> I had a full like an American English breakfast there, and all it was was like beans, bacon, and like uh, pancakes. Yeah, normally. Yeah. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, that's great. really delicious. Okay, <laughs> I have a side question. You guys all yeah. drink as much tea as people think you drink. <laughs> Um, we, we do drink a lot. Yeah, we do do a lot of drinking. To be fair, yeah. Like, we, I think yeah. that's. I think the reason we have that like image is because we start drinking from a lot younger age as um, than American people. And also, we invented the pub mm-hmm. as well, which is obviously yeah. a big thing. Yeah. So, like in a week, how much alcohol would you consume? Uh, now or during college? Because those are two very different. That's questions. a good point. Yeah, because I drank a hell of a lot more when I was at uni than I do now. But, yeah. Um. Now, how much would you drink now? On a normal week? Uh, maybe maybe a glass of wine with dinner. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. See that during college though? Yeah. That was more. not the case. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> see well I normally have like a drink with dinner as well. And um, mm-hmm. and then um, on the weekends, I might have a few more. I mean, w- I think British people are known to drink like a lot. But I mean, I think mm-hmm. cas- casually, it's probably about the same. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You drink about the same sweet tea, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. We do. No, we do like a dr- We do like a good drink. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Irish drink the most. Um, <laughs> yes. I think English is probably second. But uh, so. Would you guys believe it if I said it? my first sip of alcohol was my 21st birthday? What? See, that's Shut mad to up. me. <laughs> yeah, my 21st birthday. What was it? What was oh the my drink? God. My first drink ever? Mm-hmm. Vodka. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You went hard. <laughs> I did. I was like, I waited 21 years for this. I'm doing it right. <laughs> so you didn't like sneak out to any house parties or anything before then? I went and don't get okay don't get me wrong like all my friends drank way before 21 I was I just waited till my 21st birthday and I mean I was in a sorority and stuff in college and everybody would drink at sorority parties and formals and things Mm. like that and but my first sip of alcohol wasn't until my second like the end of my second year of college so but that was just a personal choice until your birthday um I just like told myself that I was going to wait when I was in high school. And then I just didn't really, I mean, I was a competitive athlete. And so drinking wasn't really an option until college because I, you know, and then uh, once I got to college, I was like, I'm so close to 21. Why not wait? And then it just became like something that I promised myself and I wanted to keep it. And then after 21 though, that first six months was rough. I like made up for (laughs) all the years of not drinking. um... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Here's another um, question from, um, well, from my experience anyway, whenever I've talked to like my friends in England and stuff and like the topic of like fraternities and sororities from Mm -hmm. in america have come up because at uni it's a bit different it's not i don't think it's like that as much like fraternities in particular i don't know sororities as much have quite a bad rep like here everyone guys anyway Mm -hmm. think that like the guys that go to fraternities and stuff are just jackasses and and dicks that just like do awful stuff like is that bad rep or is that sort of have you had bad experiences what was it like okay so i think that that's the reputation of them pretty much everywhere across the board, even in the U.S. When I told my parents that I wanted to join a sorority, they were 
like, no way, this yeah. is not going to happen. And I was like, no, listen, like, this is all the things that we stand for. And like, take me for example, like I didn't drink until my, I, my 21st birthday. Like, it's not like I was partying all the time, getting drunk with all my sorority yeah. sisters and yeah. hooking up with a bunch of like fraternity guys. And it's funny because my ex-boyfriend that I dated all through college was the president of a, frater- of a fraternity and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that 40% of the time, it's a accurate representation of the type of people who are joining fraternities or sororities. I think that you're going to get that, you know, no matter what, and you see certain bad things that happen. And that's the news that's portrayed across America and the rest of the world. And so you see, oh, this terrible thing happened at a fraternity party, but you don't see all the good that's going on behind the scenes. And you also, you know, it's like the news anywhere. Like you're not seeing all the good things. You're only seeing the really terrible things. And so I don't think it's an accurate representation at all. I mean, I held leadership positions. Like I went to leadership conferences across the country and I learned so much about how to, you know, be a better person and take business um, ideas and things like that into the world. And it was so beneficial for me. And I mean, even my dad now will say that he thinks that I learned more from being in a sorority than I did from four years of college. And it's really crazy because we do across the board, like fraternities and sororities do huge amounts of philanthropy and charity and fundraising for, um, really great causes and none of that's ever talked about and none of it's ever talked about the fact that you know like for myself like after you you make connections with these people who are in your sororities and then you have like connections to people in business and other parts of life and you can reconnect with all these people across the world like if i see a girl wearing an i was in alpha delta pi sorority and if i see a i saw a girl in spain wearing an 80 pi sweatshirt and i went up and i was like oh my gosh i'm an 80 pi too and then we got talking and we ended up like walking around spain one day together because we we're both traveling solo and like that yeah. wouldn't happen without without oh my god that. So I think that it's such a better thing than people give it credit for. But I know that it really comes with a lot of like misconceptions about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought it's really cool. And if I was to ever given an opportunity, I would have gone in one in a heartbeat, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're really special. Mm. Mm, Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of like what a UK equivalent to that is, but there like really isn't. No. I mean, when you go to uni, you just do like shared houses basically yeah. mm-hmm. but you don't do these you have um societies like based on subjects like i did yeah, like a student true. radio society and we did nights where you go out drinking and stuff but it wasn't like mm-hmm. as ham as like they go in america but the thing is it- when you were talking about obviously you're asking us if it's true how much we drink i think a lot of the the stereotype as well um is that like it's not so much that we drink a lot it's that there's a stereotype that americans like don't drink well like because you see oh we drink (laughs) yeah but you see because like when i've talked to like mates when i've been at uni and stuff and we've seen like these viral videos or whatever of fraternity people and then we 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 would sit there and be like these guys can't handle their drink (laughs) like what are they doing (laughs) you know (laughs) that's so funny well i mean you know the thing is you're in college and people are gonna do stupid things in uni or college no matter where they are and there's definitely alcohol involved if you want there to be, but you can also be super successful in a sorority or fraternity without alcohol as well. The guy that I dated in college, he actually didn't drink till his 21st birthday either. And he was the president of the fraternity. So, you know, drinking is definitely a huge part of college for a lot of people. And it was for me in the second 
two years just because you know then I was drinking but (laughs) I mean like with fraternities I think where the negative like connotations come from is you see you know a couple of bad things that happen and then also they do stupid things like Mary Fifthmas parties like you get you get uh this is a fun little story (laughs) (laughs) James just closed it up he was like what's this Mary Fifthmas party yeah so you know like a fifth of alcohol yes yeah 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 so Mary Fifthmas is when you go to a Christmas party with somebody and you have to finish a fifth of alcohol between the two of you okay. uh, before you can leave. That's like the point of it. Oh, Not okay. everyone does. Obviously that is so much alcohol, but yeah. um, you know, stupid things do happen and people yeah. make dumb yeah. decisions, but you know, I'm sure that you guys have stories like that too from college and or uni and your experience there yeah. too. So I'll, I'll finish a fifth before I've turned up. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, and the, after I started drinking, like I feel like I can hold my own pretty well. Like I'll drink like a bottle of wine before I go to the bars, like as my pregame drink. But mm. not anymore. I probably could not do that anymore. But at the peak of my, you know, yeah. drinking, <laughs> I've I I've personally always had a high tolerance, and I don't take that as like a compliment because there's been nights where I've literally spent so much money on booze, and I've like ended up barely feeling tipsy and i'm like what is what's going on i've like (laughs) wasted so much money here like yeah well stop drinking for a few months and try again and you'll probably have a much lower tolerance now i drink like two glasses of wine and i'm like this is great (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm literally the same like i'm such a lightweight but it's so much cheaper so i won't complain i know there's i am jealous of people who are super lightweight because yeah. that's so much easier so you have to do so much less work it's amazing <laughs> yeah exactly. um i had one more uk question and then i want to yes. get on to courting with james and talk all the relationships yes stuff. yes the yes. last question is have you do you know or have you ever had a nando's i don't know what that is oh my god this is mad. This is culture. <laughs> this is shock. mad for me. So basically, Nando's is a huge chain restaurant in the UK and in maybe parts of Europe really? as well. And it's like a staple of pop culture in the UK. Like it's as well known as like McDonald's. You would go, you go out for a sit-down meal. You go and have a cheeky Nando's. It's called, and it's like it's like a chicken restaurant. It's Portuguese, and they and it's uh, like spicy chicken and it's huge i feel like i've missed out on everything yeah i, I don't even know what it is it's so good that I mean, is when you so next crazy. come to london we're gonna force you we're gonna force you to Nando's when you next come to london yes okay take that is through. fine with me take you for a cheeky Nando's. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that's so funny when you no, i I've never heard of it. When you finish the podcast today, go down to your family and say, oh, these two English people are going to take me for a cheeky Nando's and see what they say. They're going to say, um, that does not sound appropriate. It's not <laughs> <Yeah>. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's so but, funny. Right, we're going to... Because um... I feel like we know most restaurants in America, but like the fact that you don't know like some in, in England is so mad to me. Yeah. And I've been there. Like, it's not like I've never even been there or anything. Like, I've been there and I've traveled a lot of Europe and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's nuts. Because no, you, I... <laughs> you guys have restaurants that we don't have, but we still know what they are, like Wendy's and In-N-Out mm-hmm. Burger and places like that. 
But yeah, weird, you never heard of Hernandez. That's no. well because for you guys, like when you watch the news, is there a lot of like American news on there too, or it, how do you guys hear about everything? Because I feel like everyone always knows everything going on here, and unless there's something major happening somewhere else, like I feel like we're pretty much in the dark about it it depends where you're watching it if you're watching the bbc news it's normally mm-hmm. almost unless it's something presidential related it's about 90 percent uk news okay but if you go on like twitter or if you go on like um any other news channel it's normally 50 50 and you, we do get a bit okay. of american news in there yeah mm-hmm. so okay but I want to get on to the talking about your podcast and getting on to some relationship news. So we're going to go to our most popular segment, Courting with James. And that's coming just after this. Okay, so you are the perfect guest to have on for Courting with James because your relationship and like sex advice like that's your thing so perfect so I, well, I have got some relationship stories that we could get to but first i just want to talk about um you sent me what some of your episodes are about and the one that i really find interesting and that i really wanted to talk about was uh, polyamory and polyamorous relationships yes um yeah so I had a guest on, uh, his name was Eris and he actually works at a sex store and he's the assistant manager there. And he also is in a polyamorous relationship Wow! and we, yeah. And he also is a transgender male. So we had like the best conversation and I learned so much. I told him at the beginning, I was like, listen, I just want to like pick your brain and know yeah. everything that you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and so uh, for those uh, for those people listening who maybe don't know or are a little bit more unfamiliar with what polyamory is, it's basically the idea that you can be ethically non-monogamous, and that means that all parties are consenting to having multiple partners or you having multiple partners, and that yeah. looks different for everybody. Yeah, do you want me to just kind of like talk about what I learned from the episode and what he had to say about it or do you have specific questions about it yeah i since he's actually in one i would love to for you to tell us what his experience was like yeah it was so so interesting and basically he was telling me all about basically he was talking about how for him he has one main partner which he calls his nesting partner and that is um the guy that he lives with and they both have multiple other partners and although that they have multiple other partners it doesn't necessarily mean that they are like multiple other sexual partners they can be but every partnership looks a little bit different and the idea of polyamory is that one person doesn't have to fit every single need that you have in your life so it's basically allowing other people to fill in spots that might not be your strong suit or might be something that you're not you know your partner's not into um and so that's kind of how he described it to me it's the idea that you know most and they're all meaningful relationships some of them might just be like you know i have sex with this person i go to the movies with this person i do book club and have sex with this person um but it's basically filling in the different parts of your life with multiple people so yeah it's it's so interesting um (laughs) One thing, see, when I've ever thought... That's really 
Yeah, one thing that I've always thought about, if for example I was ever in a polyamorous relationship, did he ever? Did he go into whether he ever has problems with jealousy? Yeah, we talked a lot about that, and so basically we talked. I asked that as well, and I also asked about cheating and what that looks like because you know that can be really confusing for people who aren't a part of it or never have yeah, been yeah. and for him he said you know at the beginning he's never really been in a relationship that wasn't a polyamorous relationship oh, okay and so he doesn't he's never really he said i never really had an interest in being monogamous i never really felt like that that's what i wanted and he said so i found other people who felt the same way as me so that it could be you know an ethical way of living and so basically cheating can come into play when the rules aren't followed so that could be something as simple as saying like your your main partner's birthday is this weekend so this weekend you are only going to see your main partner and if you divert from that or you say see your partner that you go see movies with that could be considered cheating because the rules have been broken and trust and honesty and communication are the most important things in a polyamorous relationship as any other relationship because you have to trust the person and trust that they are abiding by the set out you know rules because that's the only way that it can be healthy and maintain longevity because Otherwise, if you don't trust the person, how are you going to do that? And I thought it was really interesting because everything he was saying, it it was so the same as just every other relationship. It just is a little bit more complicated. Yeah. And so the funniest thing to me that he said, he said, you know, the hardest part about being in a polyamorous relationship is scheduling. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I I barely have time for like one person, let alone multiple. Yeah. Um. But that was so interesting. And so jealousy, definitely, he said, you know, that's still a part of a relationship like it would be any other relationship. But growing up in that kind of culture and um, only being in polyamorous relationships, he said, you know, when you're in a healthy one where you're following, you're both following the set out guidelines and things like that, you know exactly what to expect. Like, it's not a surprise. There's, you know, and when you do feel uncomfortable or not okay with something, the rules can always change. And so you just have to be able to communicate with your partner and say, hey, for some reason, right now at this point in my life, I'm I'm not 100% comfortable with you doing X, Y, and Z. I know that it may not have bothered me three months ago, but something has changed and this isn't okay with me anymore. How yeah. do you feel about that? Yeah. And so just being able to have those conversations and say, hey, I don't feel good about this or you know, this made me feel this kind of way and I'm trying to figure out why and if it's because of something that just happened or if it's because I'm just not okay with this anymore or things like that. So basically having those conversations with your partner and just always talking about how you're feeling because that's the only way that you can get through it and not drive yourself crazy. (laughs) That's so interesting. I've never like, um, I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard it put so positively yeah um, neither really yeah the, uh, and also i've watched a lot of like documentaries on it like i've watched uh louis thoreau if you've heard of him um do a documentary on it uh, he's a he's a, he's a british uh documentary guy but he goes to okay. he goes to america a lot and does um documentaries like um his most famous one is one about the westboro baptist church 
he went and hung out with them oh, for a okay. bit. But um, uh-huh. he did one on polyamorous relationships. And what I got, the vibe I got from that documentary is if you start in polyamorous from day one, then mm-hmm. it seems to be go 100% all right. If you're in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship and then one of them brings up the idea of polyamory and it turns into that, it seems to not be successful 95% of the time. Yeah, and I I think that that's pretty accurate, but I also think that it's the same thing kind of with open relationships. Yeah. And uh, open re- I asked Eris, I said, okay, what's the difference between an open relationship and a polyamorous relationship, yeah. or is there a difference? And he said there is 100% a difference. Right. And it's the fact that open relationships are mostly, and of course this is dependent on each couple specifically, but for the most part, an open relationship means that you can have sexual uh, relations with other people, but it's not necessarily full-on relationships with other people. So right. say one person is out of town for the weekend and you want to like go out and hook up with somebody, that's okay. Right. But you can't, you know, be having children with other people yeah. or like, you know, doing that kind of thing. It's not like a fall in love with multiple people at one time situation okay. in an open relationship. And what Eris had told me, he said, and I have also, you know, heard this time and time again, is that when people are in a monogamous relationship and then bring up the idea of an open relationship or polyamory, it's because you're already having problems in the relationship and it's kind of like a last ditch effort to yeah. to make it work. And when you're already struggling, the last time to bring another person into the relationship or multiple people in is when you're struggling just on your own between the two of you because how if you can't figure out your own stuff how are you going to figure it out with multiple other people yeah and so it's you know kind of doomed to fail at that point because it's not it's not going to work when you're not working yeah 100 percent. i completely agree yeah and so um actually another Gosh, I wish I could remember. I listened to another podcast and uh, it was from a lady who is like a sex uh, therapist. And she said the best time to bring another person into the bedroom, whether it's a one-time threesome or it's as an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship, the best time to bring another person in is when you're at your strongest, like when your relationship is doing the best, because then you can have those open, honest conversations and talk about all those things and truly say how you're feeling and not be, you know, worried like, oh, well, what if they like this person better? What if they're better than me in bed? What if, you know, all these things, because if you're at your best and healing your best, you're not going to be having those thoughts necessarily. And also this is not for everybody. And, you know, you really have to dig deep. And if you've been in monogamous relationships and you feel like you want to try it, then I think that you should, I think that you should find somebody who's willing to try it with you. But also if you know that monogamy is the thing for you, like that is so fine. (laughs) Like I know I could never, you know, I could never be in a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship because I personally just, have no desire to do it and that is so okay but people who do want to i think it's fantastic because if they can find other people who want that same lifestyle as them then everybody is consenting to it everybody is there on their own free will and everybody is getting what they need out of it and i think that that's what relationships are all about is about like how to like find a healthy balance and find what you're looking for in other people and so i think that that is you know really good that's 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 what you want yeah See, yeah. my uh, my next question was going to be was going to ask if you'd ever be in a polyamorous relationship. So thank you, 
No, I, I I'm like a serial monogamist. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, have you? Uh, are you in a relationship right now? Have you got anyone? Or I'm not. Um, I'm not. I had a pretty serious boyfriend like all through college and thought I was getting married and then got my heart broken and decided to travel the world forever and Mm. um you know it's fine I learned so much from that relationship and I know what I want moving forward what I don't and what I'm looking for and I've dated casually but I haven't been in a serious relationship in a little while just because I've been so focused on my own stuff and traveling yeah yeah, truly like I have loved being single like the idea of being in a relationship right now doesn't really appeal to me because I just have so many things going on in my own life that I'm so excited about and so um I feel like finally for like the first time ever in the past like year or so I truly have like loved being single and never been like oh you know it'd be nice to have someone to do this or that with like I have great girlfriends and I've just been having like such a great time being single that um I'm I'm truly like really happy with that and I'm not saying that if I met like the a great person I wouldn't be in a relationship with them but I'm not like actively you know seeking a relationship so no that's that's so positive and it's good to like focus on yourself and I think you know especially after heartbreak I think sometimes everyone should experience some sort of heartbreak in their life because it really does like change you and it really does put things into perspective yeah so yeah no I completely agree yeah, I fully, fully agree with that. And one of my best friends actually is like never been in love, never had their heart broken. And she just after she was like, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but like, I don't know why you don't just get over it. And I was like, girl, talk to me when you get your heart broken and you will be singing a different tune. Like, <laughs> And it was so funny because a, a month or two ago, she was like, okay, so I take back everything I ever said. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> but no honestly I've said this like time and time again getting your heart broken I think is the best thing for the best but pretty much anyone Mm. it's so much fun (laughs) (laughs) it's not fun at all and it hurts so much but once you get over like the initial part of like being heartbroken I think that it's the most beautiful thing and will literally change your life in so many positive ways if you let it you have to you know learn from it and grow from it and it can turn into something really beautiful and like the poetry book that I'm writing that I've been working on for like a year and a half it is all about like love and it goes through the four stages of like love loss heartbreak and healing and so it like goes through the entire process of like being in love getting your heart broken and then like Mm. healing from it and like learning how to be uh your own person and learning how to like turn something painful into something beautiful so I think that's an important point because like you've got to want to learn from it because there's people that will Mm -hmm. just take their heartbreak and that'll be it and they'll just stew in it for the rest of like the year or whatever Mm -hmm. but you know people can really grow from it and I think that's really important oh I think so too um (laughs) Are you going to be releasing this poetry book when you finished it? Yeah, it's actually going to be published on Amazon, but I don't have a release date yet, so I I don't know exactly when it'll be. But it's oh my God. in the final stages. Well, <laughs> Thank when, you. When you get a release date, we'd love to have you back on so you yeah. can talk about that. Um, oh, thank you. I would it. love that. Yeah, it's it's you know been a long time in the making, and it's something mm. I'm super passionate about, and I really love it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I 
truly like i'm so excited about it but oh, good. Well, it's been so good yeah we'll de- we'll definitely we'll get you back on and we'll chat about that we're um we're approaching the end of the podcast now um we're getting to the end stages how have you uh how have you found it so far have you had a good time oh my gosh i'm so thankful that we finally figured out a time to work yeah. this out and to come on because i had so much fun and i hope that everybody else uh got to kind of learn something about us or about america and the uk or non-monogamous relationships and i also did want to um say one more thing about that yeah um he had given me two book recommendations for people who are interested in the subject or maybe want to try it for themselves. And uh, one book is called the ethical slut. And then the other one is called master and slave. Um, So he said that those were really great book recommendations for people who are interested in like that part of um, relationships and that kind of stuff. So I recommend that to anyone who might be interested. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I mean, I might I even that. check one of those out. Cause I, I love, yeah. I just, I, I read my favorite book. I don't know if you've ever read it, but the um, action comedian Aziz Ansari bought out a book called modern romance, which is all about like the differences in dating between our, like when our parents did it and like when we do do it now. And it's is that just, like the idea of like traditional love and modern love and yeah, all stuff that. Like that? Yeah, and like the idea of how it's different with like dating apps now and how they did it mm-hmm. back then and stuff. And it's just, I just find it so interesting. But, yeah, um, that's amazing. Well, maybe when you guys come on my podcast, we could talk about some of that. Yes, I would Definitely. love to. Definitely. Yeah, I would absolutely love that too. Perfect. Cool. Well, that sounds amazing. And thank you guys so, so much for having me on and having these conversations. I had so much fun. It was an absolute pleasure. So your first episode should be out when we air this. So next Friday. So this Yes, Friday. it comes out tomorrow, the 19th. So okay. it's just at it's regardless of reputation and it's up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Cool, cool. And you've got an Instagram as well for it i do it's just at regardless of reputation so we do a lot of fun stuff over there (laughs) okay amazing well you've heard it here guys so um head on over there and check out her podcast it's been a pleasure having you on guys and thank you thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next week for some more great stories bye bye everybody Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.